0: Blessings, birth. Today, we're going to climb Mount number six, mountain number six. We've been sharing five mountains these past uh, several weeks, but today we're going to climb a very important mountain, which happens to be Mount Zion, the mountain of blessings. So I want to encourage you to go with me to Psalms 125, and we're going to read verses one through five, which says in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous may use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart, But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with evildoers. And he closes out saying, peace be on Israel. It's interesting that when we talk about Mount Zion, we have to understand that Mount Zion is a very important and significant uh, mountain in topography in the people of Israel from the ancient times even until today. It is an emblematic place. Within the ancient history of Israel, the ministry of Jesus also in the New Testament and even for us who are expecting and awaiting the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting that when we talk about Mount Zion, there's so many biblical references to how important and significant is this mountain. As a matter of fact, in Psalms chapter 2 and 6, it is referred to as the holy hill or the holy mountain. Who shall ascend the holy hill of God? But also in Psalms chapter 74 and verse 2, it says that God dwells in that mountain. Now, let me give you some facts about Mount Zion. It was named or it was renamed the city of David. Once David conquered that land, he renamed it and made it called the city of David, also known as the old city of Jerusalem. But also in this mountain was when when the people of Israel had lost the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines, when David brings back the Ark of the Covenant, it was brought to this mountain, becoming the dwelling place of God for his glory. It was the place of the presence of God. I want you to see this. When we talk about Mount Zion, it is a blessed place because of all of these implications. But also in the New Testament, You remember the story. We talk about it every once a month. We talk about Jesus having the last supper with his disciples. Did you know that the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples was in this Mount Zion? He gathered the 12 and he broke bread and he said, this is a covenant in my new blood, but it is also there in that same mountain, Mount Zion. Where in the book of Acts, chapter number two, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell with power over the 120 that were gathered in the upper room. It was in this same place. So from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, and even until today, for us believers, Mount Zion is a place of blessing. In the New Testament, Mount Zion is used Metaphorically, to refer to the heavenly Jerusalem that God has prepared for us. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 and 23. It says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose name are written in heaven. And John when he has this vision, look what John sees in in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1. He says, "Then I looked, and there before me was the lamb standing on mount Zion. The vision that John has seen, he's not seeing Jesus whipped. He's not seeing Jesus like a lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He's not seeing Jesus broken and bruised. In in Revelation chapter 14, he sees Jesus in all power, in all glory, in all authority. And he sees him standing on Mount Zion. And look what it says. And with him, 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their forehead. And that's the backdrop of Psalms 125. Psalms 125 is is the mountain of understanding all that God has done. Psalms 125 is the place of presence, is the place of power, is the place of promise, is the place of purpose. So when you read Psalms 125, the, the backdrop of this psalm Which, let me me just say this, if it's a psalm, that means it it used to be sung. If it's a psalm, that means they used to sing this. This Psalm 125 was actually a song that the people of Israel would sing. Psalm 125 is a song primarily sang by pilgrims who will leave Jerusalem. And when they will come back, or visitors that will come, and as they were coming to Jerusalem, because when you look at the topography of Israel, Israel is elevated, above from all the other cities. So as visitors and pilgrims will come back to Jerusalem, they were literally ascending up Jerusalem. And as they saw, the, as they were ascending, they would see this majestic view of Mount Zion in front of them, church. That's why the lyrics of the song, Psalms 125, are comparing to those who trust in the Lord on Mount Zion that's why the the psalmist says those who put their trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion the higher I go the more I trust the Lord the higher I go the more I see God's provision listen to me church the words of this song Psalm 125 would give hope and strength in their times of grief this was a psalm that whenever they were singing they were reminded of how powerful God is when they would sing Psalm 25, they were reminded how faithful the Lord was. We as well, just like the people of Israel, when they were sojourning back to Israel, they would sing songs. When we find ourselves in our moments of crisis, when we find ourselves in our moments of despair, we must also remember that just like Jerusalem had this place called Mount Zion, you and I, you and I, church, you and I, we must go up top of Mount Zion, with what? With bitterness? With with complain? No, we're gonna go up Mount Zion singing. They will literally climb up the mountain, or they will ascend Jerusalem, and this is the song they will sing. This was the song they would sing. You know how when you you put your kids to sleep, there's a song you sing, right? Go to sleep, my baby. Whatever song you sing. Well, every time Israelites will climb, will will go up to Jerusalem. This is the song they will sing. That was sing Psalm 125. It was a promise. It was a covenant. It was reminding them that just as Jerusalem was surrounded by this mountain, they were surrounded by God's favor, church. Now, listen to me, church. Those who trust in the Lord in the midst of crisis will see God's provision. That's why the psalmist says those who trust in the Lord will be like Mount Zion, that they will not move, but they will endure forever. My question is, can you trust the Lord? in the midst of your tough times. Can you trust the Lord in the middle of your difficult times? Can you put your trust in God in the middle of all hell breaking loose in your life? Can you praise God? Can you trust God in the middle of your tough times? Can you praise and trust God in the middle of your temptation? Can you trust the Lord in the middle of your troubles? Can you trust the Lord in the middle of your trials and tribulation? This is what God is telling us. As you go through the valley in the shadow of death, don't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in the stock market. Don't put your trust in in the stimulus package don't put your trust in anything other than the God creator of heaven and earth church just like Mount Zion doesn't move you and I must put on trust in the unmovable unshakable almighty God can I get a good amen now why is this important because when you understand that God is the God of Zion, when you understand that God is the God of blessing, when you understand that God is in the business of blessing his people, it don't matter what the devil throw your way. It don't matter how life may hit you. It don't matter how difficult life may be. Something happens on the inside of us when we understand that God's blessings is greater than the enemy's curses, church. That's why when I look at this mountain, Mount Zion, I am reminded of three characteristics that i want to share with you today three characteristics about mount zion number one mount zion based on scripture mount zion is unmovable look what he says verse one of psalms 125 it says which cannot be shaken but endures forever listen to me church this is making reference to the trust in god This is making reference, I'm gonna trust God, why? Because just like this mountain does not move and will not be shaken, just like that is my God. Let me ask you a question, who are you putting your trust in? Who are you placing your trust in? Let me tell you. Are you placing your trust in a person that is unstable in all of his and her ways? Are you putting your trust in a system that today is high and tomorrow is low? Are you putting your system and your trust in things in your environment? No, 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 no. no. I'm going to place my trust in an unmovable, un- 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 unstoppable God that he goes from glory to glory. And that's where he takes me with him to glory to glory. Church, a person that is unstable cannot be trusted. Listen. Don't put your trust on someone, because today they'll love you, tomorrow they won't. Today they'll applaud you, tomorrow they'll backstab you. Today they invite you to dinner, tomorrow you're the topic of conversation in the middle of their plate. You gotta place your trust in Jesus. We have to become solid believers. And we have to come, we got to be the type of believers that our trust is exclusively in God. The psalmist says, these people, they trust chariots and they trust horses, but I place my trust. I will make remembrance of the Lord forever. You need to understand that in your times of situation and in your times of crisis and in your times of you don't know who's around you, lift up your eyes to the hill. And just like Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains, just like that, you can be protected and secured in the hands of Almighty God, church. Listen to me, church. God doesn't change. That's what the psalmist says. Mount Zion does not move. It is unshakable. It doesn't move. I want you to know that your God does not change. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change. He don't hate you today, love you tomorrow. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God doesn't change. Therefore, he doesn't want us to be unstable in our ways. He wants us to be like Christ. He wants us to be like his son. According to Ephesians chapter 4, one of the purposes God has for us is that we may be solid and consistent in what we believe. You and I as Christians, we got to grow to the point that we become solid. You and I as Christians, we got to be so strong to the point that our theology, our thinking, our, our knowledge of Christ is so solid so that when storms and temptations and things come our way, we're not going like the waves, but we're solid in Him. Look what Paul tells the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. He says, he's telling them this, here's the goal. Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god to our point and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ then when we do that then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by every cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Paul is telling the church, y'all got to be just just the same way God doesn't move and he is unshakable and he is the same. Just like that, the more you know God's word and the more you appropriate the knowledge of God's word, you can be strong so that when things come your way and false doctrines and false philosophy and things that itch your ears that you don't move and you're stable in your theology, you're stable in your faith, you're stable in the word church but why is it that something happens and everybody goes crazy a situation comes about and everybody loses their mind no 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 God is calling us be like Mount Zion he's calling us to stay firm he is calling us to become unmovable he is calling us that we may grow in the knowledge of the Son of God to become mature To become strong, that we're no longer infants, but we're solid in him. So Mount Zion represents immovability. To be in Mount Zion is to be unmovable. Number two, Mount Zion guarantees God's protection. Psalms 125 verse 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. Mount Zion could be also referred referred to as the mountains outside of the walls of Jerusalem, which by the way, they would serve as protection. It is is not coincidental that Jerusalem is on top of the hills because from, from, from a military standpoint, it was practically difficult for enemies to conquer this city because they had to climb up a hill. It is easier to fight going down than it is fight go, fighting going up. So it was strategically. So the walls, the, the mountains surrounding Jerusalem was a protection, was a hedge of protection. And I'm going to tell you that Mount Zion guarantees God's protection over your life. So when the pilgrims were walking into Jerusalem and they would literally see all of the mountains surrounding Jerusalem, they would say, man, ain't no way in the world that any enemy could attack Jerusalem. Ain't no way in the world that any bad kingdom could come again. And that's the same way God is trying to do with you and he's trying to do with me so that when the devil comes against us and when situations come against us and when temptation comes against us, we're so surrounded by the protection of God that it becomes difficult for the enemy to do what he wants to do church that's why we gotta go up that's why you gotta go up the mountain of Zion that's why you gotta go up church so as we go up Mount Zion let us be reminded of his protection over us as individuals God's desire is to protect you And he promises you, if you go up Mount Zion, I promise I'll protect your marriage. If you go up Mount Zion, I promise I'll protect your children. If you go up Mount Zion, I'll I'll protect your extended family. I'll protect your properties. I'll protect your business. I'll protect your finances. I'll protect your church. God is calling us today to climb. Take the climb, church. Take the climb. God is committed to his promise of being with us to protect us. And we see in scripture so many Bible verses where God promises to protect us. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, the Bible says, the Lord himself, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's for somebody today. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, says the Lord. Do not be discouraged. But then again, the psalmist tells us in Psalms 32 and 7, he says, you are my hiding place, oh God. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Psalms 135 and 139 and 5 says, you are all around me, behind me and in front of me. You hold me safe in your, talk about protection. That everywhere I go, he's, he's with me. In front of me, he's in front. He's behind me. He's beside me. He's around me. Everywhere I go, I am covered and protected. This is why when you read the book of Job, you know the story of Job. The devil wanted to destroy Job. And the devil shows up in the day that the Son of Man showed before the Lord. And God told the devil, have you not considered my servant Job a blameless, perfect, righteous man, departed departed from sin? And and, and the devil says, the reason why he's good with you is because you have put a hedge of protection around him. But I pray, I ask you, take his protection and watch him curse you to your face. What am I trying to tell you, church? that just like Job had a hedge of protection the Bible says that the Lord protects his children I'm here to tell you you are protected by God I'm here to tell you that the angel of the Lord encamps around those that love Him and protect them I'm here to tell you that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper I'm here to tell you that a thousand may come to your right and ten thousand to your left but it won't touch you I'm here to tell you that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and you ain't got no being attacked by the devil because there's a hedge of protection that God is your hiding place. He's in front of you. He's behind you. He's to your right. He's to your left. And he's inside of you to the glory of the Father Church. All around me, behind me, and in front of me, you hold me safe in your hand. This is why Paul affirms in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, what then shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who who can be against us? This is why God is calling us to Mount Zion to have the conviction that nothing can stand against us, to have the conviction that if God is for us, if God is around us, as God has given us protection, we are immovable. That's why Mount Zion. Represents immovability. Number two, Mount Zion guarantees God's protection. And last but not least, Mount Zion is a place of justice, righteousness, and holiness. Listen to me, church. Mount Zion is a place of justice, righteousness, and holiness. Look what the psalmist says in Psalms 125, verses 3 to 5. It says, Evil people will not always rule in the land. The Lord gave to those who do right. If they did, those who do right might do what is evil. Lord, do good to those who are good. Do good to those whose hearts are honest. But the Lord will drive out those who have taken crooked paths. He will drive them out with those who do evil things. What is the Lord telling us, church, with this psalm? What is the Lord telling us When it comes to justice, righteousness and holiness, he is telling us that as we go higher in him, God himself will make it his business to sift and remove our people from your life and situations from your life that could become a hindrance in your walk with God. And could become an obstacle in you going towards the places God has in store for you. He wants you to go higher. He wants you to ascend Mount Zion. He wants you to go to the mountain of blessing for what purpose? So the influence of evil people no longer has control over you. You know, there's so many people. They can't sleep at night because of evil doers. They're trying to impress everybody, trying to make everybody happy, and trying to people that don't like you, people that hate you, people that are against you, and you're trying to live it. But when you go up Mount Zion, that thing comes out of your head, that thing comes out of your mind, you're no longer worried about nobody else. As long as you got the protection of Almighty God, nothing else matters. And this is why it's important that you and I take the climb because once we take the climb of righteousness, the climb of justice, and the climb of holiness, we will not make room for sin we will not make room for righteousness we will not make room for the devil church you cannot climb Mount Zion and walk in sin you cannot climb Mount Zion and live a two-tone life you cannot take the climb of Zion so God is calling us because once you go up you're, you're unstoppable once you go up you're unshakable once you go up you're unmovable Listen to me, church. Mount Zion's righteousness and justice rules because of the presence of God. And this is why when the presence of God shows up, you and I, we have no other alternative and to be holy. This is why you remember the story in Exodus when Moses saw the burning bush, which was a manifestation of God's presence. What did he take off? He took off his shoes. Why did he take off his shoes? Well, it was custom to take off your shoes. Whenever you go into any, any synagogue, well in mosques, you have to take off your shoes. It's, it's tradition in the Middle East that whenever you go to a holy place, you remove your shoes. But these shoes to Moses represented his journey. It represented an Egyptian lifestyle. It represented the old way of living. But once you come up to the almighty presence of God, you cannot be in God's presence and continue to walk the way you used to walk. Once you take the climb of Mount Zion, there's some things that got to stay behind. Once you take the climb on Mount Zion, there's some things you got to close doors. Once you take the climb, there's some things you can no longer do. This is why Mount Zion is the place of justice, righteousness, and holiness, church. So as I close... On Mount Zion, God will reward those who live according to his commandments and his will. I told you earlier that Mount Zion was made reference in Psalms 125 by means of a song. What is the Lord telling us? Sing your way up to holiness. Sing your way up in the middle of crisis. Do what the sojourners did, do what the pilgrims did, do what the visitors did. They will climb up and as they will climb up Jerusalem, they saw mount zion they will say those who trust the lord are like mount zion they will not move they will not be shaken but will endure forever can you sing a song in the middle of your climb can you sing a song of zion in the middle of despair because the lord is calling us to sing and when we climb when we take the climb and when we see god's purpose god's power God's protection, God's provision, it's its easy to obey, it's easy to follow, it's easy to submit and yield to the will of God. But when you don't take the climb, you know the story. Moses was up getting the 10 commandments to give God's people in Mount Sinai. And what were the people doing in the valley? Committing idolatry, committing sin. When you don't take the climb, the enemy will always get the best of you. When you take the climb, there's no room in the mountain of Zion for the enemy to come in. So what do you challenge yourself? Take the climb. As you do, God will banish. He says, I will banish evildoers. As you take the climb, God will do away with those things in your life you feel you can't live without. As you take the climb, that sin you can't let go. As you take the climb, you'll be surprised how you'll be victorious over the thing that's having victory over you. So let's go higher to Mount Zion. Receive the blessing and our reward. Let's go up. Let's climb. What do you need to do to climb? Who do you need to let go to climb? The Lord today is reminding you, if you climb, you're going to be protected. If you climb, just like Jerusalem has hills of protection, you will be protected. So if you're here, friend, and you watch this broadcast, and you want to give Jesus an opportunity to become the main traction in your life. I don't know in the middle of what you're in. I don't know what in the middle of what you're in, but here's what God is inviting you to do. He's inviting you to get in the middle of his world. Just like Jerusalem is in the middle of mountains and hills. He says, will you put your life in the middle of who I am? That's what God is telling you. He's inviting you today to give him your heart. He's inviting you today to give him your life. So if you want Jesus, here's what you need to do. The first step is acknowledging you're a sinner. In need of a savior. The first. This is not the only. The first step of salvation. Is recognizing. That without Jesus. You can't do anything. So won't you repeat this prayer with me. Say with me. Lord Jesus. I heard your word. And I am willing to take the climb. Of Mount Zion. I want to sing of your praises. I want to experience your protection. I want to experience your grace. But as I take the climb. Would you make me holy. As I take the climb. Would you make me righteous. Wash me. With your blood, write my name in the book of life and seal me with your Holy Spirit. And with your help, I promise to serve you in Jesus' name.